from News Hub, it's the Fierce Fitness Podcast with Nats Levy. Expert health advice to help you live your best life. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Fierce Fitness Podcast and today we're talking Fasting 101, the ins and outs of fasting for health. And there's no doubt that fasting has a variety of reasons why people are doing it and people are very interested in it, whether it be for well-being or a spiritual purpose, but what role does it have in keeping our bodies healthy? And what I want to know is what is fasting and should we all be doing it? So today's guest, we have a bit of an expert in all things, well life actually, her name is Katie Boyd and she's a biomedical medical and integrative nutritionist. Now, Katie, has she started off with a uh, double degree in human nutrition and sports science and then went on to become a member of the Nutrition Society of New Zealand. And she's also a Mind Foundation practitioner specialising in autism. But not only that, she's got a wealth of experience and qualifications and training. And she's a retired professional athlete herself. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Katie has competed for New Zealand in BMX. And with that, let's just introduce the fantastic Katie Boyd. Welcome to the Fierce Fitness Podcast, Katie. Oh, thanks, hon. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a glowing report like that, it's like, well, what can you not talk about? But we're here to talk about fasting. And the first time I heard of fasting was when someone just broke the word breakfast down to me. They were like, breakfast, break fast, the first thing you eat after sleeping. And I was like, ah, mm. oh, so that's fasting. Can mm. you tell us? What is fasting? Well, that the breaking the fast was actually the the breakfast was invented by Kellogg's Dr. Kellogg's back in the early early 1900s. It just for a bit of background, and he was such an interesting guy because his whole theory was on like let's sell as much cornflakes as we can, so it's going to be the most important meal of the day. So that's how our strategy became like because he actually wrote it in a medical journal, his medical journal, of course. So um, that's where breakfast came in to be the most important meal of the day, which is rubbish. Oh, okay, but, so but it's for adults, but for adults. For adults. For children, they need, obviously, because they're burning off so many calories so much. Not so much now, but definitely, you know, 10 years ago, but there are kids that need breakfast, so... Sure, I had this disclaimer now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get all the disclaimers in now. So is fasting just not eating? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's when you don't eat. So like you could say you're fasting when you're literally going from like breakfast to your snack. Oh yeah, I'm in fasting. Oh, when was your last meal? Oh, like half an hour ago. So like there's many definitions, but if you want to get into like a little bit more of the detail, if you were doing fasting, it would be a strategic time restricted period in your day where you are eating. And because that's the thing, when I was looking and Googling, as you do, Dr. Google, love it, about fasting, yep. there were so many words that were thrown at me. There was like 5-2, 16-8, yes. warrior diet, yes. uh, skip a meal, you are fasting, skip a day, you are fasting. Correct. Is there is there all these protocols? Yes. There's like, there's literally, if someone ever said to you like, oh my God, this is the only way you should be fasting, then they, they are run. <laughs> it, literally, there's hundreds of different ways to fast. To fast. So, I mean, if th- there's hundreds of different ways, so it would be specific, I guess, to your body. Correct. Why would we want to fast in the first place? Wow. We, um, back in the day, we didn't really used to snack. What? So we, if you look back in the early 1900s, um, even like 60s and 70s, a lot of us didn't actually snack. It's not 
really, we don't really need, well, let, let's just say those who are more sedentary like you and I who may do an hour of exercise a day, we're still sitting for most of the time. So um, there's a majority of us that don't really need to snack. Interesting. So is that why fasting's kind of become more popular again? Yeah, well, it's it's been around for millennia. Like it's one of the reasons that we're actually here is because when we were in the caves, um, we literally would feast in famine. You kill an animal and you have food for a day or two and then you don't find anything for days. So it's just part of our evolution. Um, religious cultures have been doing it for years. Um, one of the, there was like back in, I think it was like 19... God, 1966, there was a 27-year-old Scotsman who weighed 207 kilos. And it was one of the first documented cases that they did where they used fasting. And he got down to 87 kilos and he maintained that weight from basically water. They gave him multivitamins, some vitamin C. They used yeast extract towards the end and potassium and sodium and a little bit of tea and coffee. So it's not anything new. And I think in actual fact, America was doing fasting protocols in the early 1900s to I think it was 1960. I probably got those dates wrong. So it's not, um, it's just being reinvented and kind of explored a lot more like other sciences are. And I think that's definitely why people are so interested now. Like they yes. they, they see and they read about these fantastic weight mm. loss results. Totally. And as always, you know, the fitness industry is built on that dream and goal of weight loss and that transformation yes. picture. The before and after. The before right? and after. Oh that God. always sells everything. Yes. But what about someone, you know, who doesn't necessarily need to undergo that weight loss? Yes. What other health benefits can they and why should they want to try fasting? Well, that's a really really good question because it covers so many different aspects of fasting. Fasting, If you were just doing like a time-restricted feeding, so we were talking about um, your five and two. So five and two is basically two days a week you are cutting your calories back. So that was based on Michael Mosley's research and he's written a few books. It's pretty cool actually. So he looked at using two days a week, whichever days you like, and your calories are between 500 to 800 or 600 to 800, depending on male and female. Um, I find that a lot of my clients don't like doing that. Others really do and find that they can go right on Monday because start of the week, fresh start. Yes, I'm going to do Love five and two. Oh. And then maybe on a Thursday. So cutting the calories back is works for them perfectly. So some of the benefits of fasting, um, when it's not just weight loss, can be better brain function, reduction in um, lipids, so cholesterol levels drop. Uh, we've, we actually have a lot of success with dropping blood pressure. Um, reduced visceral fat, so especially for men and for women postmenopausally. Postmenopausal women tend to then carry that, you know, that muffin but it's also internal. So as for women, our fat is on the outside and men's kind of gets to be more on the in the inside and around the organs. If you're doing um, fasting for long periods, so um, we might want to cover that a bit later, that targets the visceral fat. So you have men who have less problems with erectile dysfunction, cardiovascular disease, and we're seeing that a lot now. It's been phenomenal. So for people who are just doing, say for example, the um, 
5 and 2 or the 16-8, which is basically you have 16 hours of your day where you're not eating and then 8 hours you are. That's another way. Um, you can extend or compress that window of eating so I have a couple of college professors that um, I work with I've got a leading cardiologist who also has cancer so he comes to see me for cancer and we've started kind of compacting his uh, feeding window because it works better for his chemotherapy. Okay that's super interesting Um, I just want to pick up what you said like so would you classify Types of fasting like the 5-2, so two days fasting, five days on, 16-8, 16 hours off, eight hours on of an eating window. Those are more shorter periods of fast. And so what would a longer period of fasting be? Okay, so if you, when you do short termers, like so you've got your, would call it your time-restricted feeding window. So whatever that is in your 24-hour period. So time-restricted eating Um, or we could consider it calorie restriction because that's what you're doing, you're restricting your calories. Then you've got your alternative day fasting, which is still in a 24-hour period, so that covers that small window. Once you get to three days, then you're kind of doing what we'd consider short-term fasting. So two to three days is, for some people, you can mimic a fast, so you can still eat food, but it's got to be less than 800 calories, no proteins, like low, low protein, low carbohydrate. Um, what we know is basically you end up, oh, actually I'm going kind of a bit ahead of myself. So if you did, say, your short term two or three days and then prolonged fasting is considered four days and over. So there's different ways to do it. You could do water fast, so that's basically just drinking water but you may need to use electrolytes because the kidneys will excrete more water as you go into ketosis Um, the prolonged fasting we would suggest definitely you'd need medical supervision or we'd need to make sure and monitor Um, it wouldn't be good we'd need to kind of cover off things like who it wouldn't be good for so the short-term fasting would be be good for pretty much anyone but not if you want to get pregnant not if you are pregnant not if you're breastfeeding and if you're on multiple medications we'd need to kind of check those off with your GP Um, there are a few people that have polymorphisms or genetic mutations for glucose metabolism um, but they would know those people would know there's a few others um, blood glucose dysregulation so if you are naturally highly anxious and you knew it you would definitely need to get your stress under control because the adrenal glands are the ones that control your blood glucose response. So they are part of like, let's get as much glucose into the bloodstream as we can because we're in fight flight. That means you you produce insulin and you've got this cascade of type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance and fasting is not not appropriate. So would that bot type of person kind of consider fasting very stressful for their body? Would it be perceived stress? Yeah, and even the body would be stressed. The mind might not be, but the body's freaking out because if it can't deal with the environment that it's in. So if we think about stress and the fight-flight response, which I'm sure all your listeners will know about, most of the time it's a perceived stress. So I, I look at something or like um, I've, I'm running late for work or I've got 100 million emails or I'm getting text messages from like, oh, you're running late for work or um, the dog's just pooed on the carpet and you're going to run at the door. You know, whatever. Every day. Can, yeah. Oh my God, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Love them though, right?
right? Love them, oh. love them so much. So much. So, okay, so that's like a perceived stress. Because yes. I mean, that was another question I had. If someone like myself had a had a background of a disordered eating pattern, yes. not necessarily an eating disorder, but mm. a fixation on what they're eating and maybe an anxiety around food. Um, you know, no. I'm very aware of your eating now, yeah. then you'd say no to the fast food. T- totally. Anyone with any sort of eating disorder or possible OCD or anything that will make them like really competitive towards dropping weight, then we we'd say absolutely not. Mm, that's yeah. so interesting because it is, when I look at Instagram or social media, um, which I know is the, not the funnel of 100% true and accurate information, but when I, you know, when you scroll through and you get stuck in the vortex, it's, yes. you know, you hear like weight, you hear weight loss, you hear fasting is like this wonder method for everyone. And mm. I have noticed um, that it's these people that, for all, and I know it's just an aesthetic judgment. It's not. I don't know what's going on inside their bodies, but they look healthy yes. and wonderfully fit. And I question, why are you fasting? Like, I don't. Yes. Why are you starting this new regime? Ah, okay. Well, there's lots of other parts to it apart from weight loss. So I do it. I do a five day fast every half year. Um, I don't do it every quarter because I just lose too much weight. Um, other people do it. We actually, I get quite a lot of my clients who are overweight to do it five days every month for three months, but that's the prolonged fasting and we use food, so we mimic a fast. So for those guys, it works well. Um, for other people, and some women, so not all, it's like a bell curve. You've got some women who have absolutely no problems with hormone hormone changes when they're fasting. Periods don't um, don't come late. They're really regular, no mood change, nothing. But there are others where uh, it does affect their, their cycle. And what we would say is we'd actually have to add, if they were fasting, you would add more carbohydrates at certain parts of their cycle. So um, through, this, through their period, um, after ovulation would be a time when we'd probably add extra like 20 to 70 to 100 grams of carbohydrates based on what they need. So everybody's different, but men seem to just smoke through... Bastards. I know that's the other thing. I it's so unfair. <laughs> so unfair. Oh, testosterone. Yeah. Um, so that's the mean. other thing I noticed that men do seem to respond oh, really, really well to yes. this fasting protocol. Greater muscle mass, more testosterone, like greater ability to produce to produce more growth hormone. So we but we need estrogen. Like I hear all the time, like there's these amazing people out there who are like, ah, oh, um, estrogen overload. It's not always the case. It's actually people or women have not enough estrogen. And estrogen is also really important for helping maintain blood glucose levels. And it stops you getting that tire around the middle, which is one of the reasons that women, when they're going through menopause, the estrogen drops, progesterone drops, and they end up retaining more body fat. Okay, so if someone was listening, a female who was listening and yes. heard that was like, oh, that sounds like me, yep. and they were considering going on fasting, would you say, hold up, wait yes, a I minute? Would. Yeah. Yep, what I would, would you recommend instead? Would you say, you know, eat clean first? What would you say? Yeah, well, it's funny. I think one of the biggest things, it's not funny because it sucks when you're trying to lose weight when you're perimenopausal and menopausal, is protein is number one. So women tend to not get enough protein in their diet and there's this big movement to veganism, great that's fantastic um, more plants are, fant- are brilliant 
But what I'm seeing in, in my clinic is that there's not enough essential amino acids, which are building blocks for your brain, your serotonin, which makes you happy, dopamine, so neurotransmitters that make you feel like you've achieved something. Um, so general mood seems to start to drop and you need those amino acids for detoxification. So phase two, phase three, liver detoxification requires amino acids. Not only that, it makes you feel satisfied. So if women are able able to increase their protein and it's harder if you're going more plant-based because that means that you'll be eating more beans and legumes which are lots of carbs. So for a lot of women it's a matter of getting their ratios right and doing what actually feels good for them. That makes sense. That makes sense on an instinctive level. If so, if we went back to the person who was going to try a short-term fast. Yes. What kind of short-term fast? That's a great question. I mean, I'm a hungry sort of person, so I think shorter the period of not eating, the better. Um, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) So let's say it was like a five and two. Cool. When they're breaking, when someone's breaking their fast, is there a general rule around how to break the fast, the best food to get in? Uh, Okay. So say, for example, we were taking you, for example, Mm. and you do you get hungry at breakfast time? Yes. Okay. So you'd want to go for something that keeps your blood sugar on an even keel, which is protein and fats. So if you would start your day, it would be something like an omelette with lots of avocado, some olive oil, um, good quality sprouts, like broccoli sprouts are great for women because they help us with estrogen clearance, so reduction in breast cancer and all gynae cancers, so that's helpful. Um, And then a good quality, like a midnight baker bread I love, that's just amazing if anyone hasn't heard of it. Shout out to Midnight Baker. Damn straight! (sighs) I'm salivating. Anyway, sorry. So you'd go for something that's got protein and fats and makes you feel full. Um, One of the other things, if it's for women who are in perimenopause or menopause, is getting a good, like five hours is the magic number between your meals. You know, that would be like breakfast, lunch and dinner or or more because what you're doing is you're then not dipping in, you, you, you hopefully will be dipping into your fat stores. So if you're someone that snacks all the time and you do want to lose weight, um, you would be, oh, okay, here's the example. Right, you have a wallet full of cash. We are in the old school days. There's no FPOS cards. You're going to use your cash first. Right, so that's your carbohydrate. You're using your cash, and it's not until your your wallet's empty that you're going to go to the bank and withdraw. So, your wallet, if you're filling it up, if you're like using your wallet all the time, you're using carbohydrates. You actually need to have enough time to spend all that carbohydrate cash before you then go to the bank to to withdraw the fat. If you don't get a chance to, you know, to use all your cash up because you keep eating regularly, then you won't get a chance to go to the bank. So I guess it's kind of like when I think about that and I think about that great metaphor, that's wonderful. It's kind of like giving your systems a bit of a rest. Damn straight. Letting them do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think we're kind of tricked or we've fooled ourselves to thinking we're hungry all the time? Maybe I'm not so hungry all the time. Well, who knows? You could try it and see how you go. Mm, interesting. There's, there's so much psychology around this because we are designed genetically to be storers of energy. Like that's that's what we're supposed to do. So like if there's a buffet, I don't know about you, but I cannot hold myself back. Like I will be filling my plate up. Oh, look, I can, I can say no <laughs> after the third round. <laughs> you do better than me. Well, Andre, my partner's got to like roll me out. <sighs> Like a 
Yeah, yeah, it makes sense when I think about it. Like when it's available, you want to eat. Totally. Um, Like how many use it? Well, how many times would you walk past the fridge and like, please let something materialize in there that wasn't there before? Like a big Whitaker's like salted caramel and chocolate. Yum. Yeah. So I guess fasting then, like if you did notice that perhaps you're a bit fixated on food or something that was controlling you, get some help. You could get some help. Yep. Get some help. Figure out what your triggers are. So a lot of childhood trauma or um, something to Google for people would be attachment styles. Are you anxious attached? Is that your style? So does that mean that you will reach for food to soothe, you know, like um, eat your feelings. So many good coaches out there now that are really good to help you identify what your attachment styles are and what might be the um, the trigger of why things are the way they are. Interesting, because um, that's the other way that I've seen fasting or people start fasting is they kind of punish themselves because they've been addicted to carbs or they felt like they've eaten too much. And they're like, you know what, I'm going to start fasting now. Yeah. So would you say deal with that attachment issue 100%, first? Or 100%. The... Yep, okay. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good point. Really yep. good point. It was all about psychology because the food is, is the simple part. Mm. Mm, okay. So... Um, well, so not what, simple. But, yeah, not know. simple. It's never simple. <laughs> so, I mean, things like you did mention for more long-term fasting, yes. you should keep up uh, water and electrolytes. Yes. With short-term, is it the same sort of principle, like keep up the water? Can people drink coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Don't take coffee away is pretty much yeah. what most people say, um, me, me included. Uh, if you're doing short-term, yeah, it's... It's no biggie for caffeine. There are some people that don't clear caffeine and it would cause things like lumpy breast tissue, anxiety. Um, you know who you are if you drink coffee and you, you get anxious or you you're, um, get clammy, you know, that kind of fight-flight response. Um, for, yeah, and the, that same gene, CYP1A2 and COMPT, those are two genes that help to clear um, caffeine and your stress hormones. So I know mine are red, so I don't, do that very well. Um, I still drink coffee, but what I do to kind of biohack it is I make sure I drink plenty of magnesium during the day, and that really helps. Anyway, so wow, short short term fasting, um, not problem. Like okay. if you're just doing that, you know, less than twenty four hours. Yeah, coffee's no not a biggie. Um, the what the fasting delivers in the three to five days are, are quite different. So if you decide to do three days, whether it's water fasting or um, like the longevity fasting diet that we do, um, we have 800 grams, so 800 calories, low protein, low carbohydrate, you're orchestrating genes that increase cellular protection. So like that is epic, that's your longevity stuff. So for people who aren't interested just in the um, the weight loss, this is where fasting can be really helpful for people who are just interested in not getting cancer, keeping all-cause mortality away, um, making sure that their like, brain function's good, improving cognitive um, decline is really big for fasting. There's a guy called Dr. Dale Bredesen who wrote this amazing book called... Um, oh, here we go. It was a good book. <laughs> It's such a great book. How, How to end Alzheimer's. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, supposed to be a joke, but not really. <laughs> so he, he's been doing um, extended fasting. And the reason that we started um, our fasting program in New Zealand is because of this guy called Dr. Volta uh, Dr. Longo. So he started uh, some research on extended fasting 
his name is Walter because in Italy they don't have a V, uh, don't have a W, so we'd call him Walter, but they call Walter anyway. So um, his research is phenomenal, and he started looking at all sorts of other really amazing aspects to like turning on stem cells. So that's your regeneration. Um, switching on something called autophagy which when you're in a fasted state you end up recycling cells that are a little bit old or the DNA is damaged and got the speed wobbles which we all have so if you're someone who sits in traffic for more than half an hour a day and you don't um, you the filters running through you're exposed to um, um, O2, uh, not O2 not methane. I'm thinking, you know what, someone's farts coming through. Um, carbon monoxide. <laughs> carbon monoxide. Yeah, <laughs> carbon monoxide. Also diesel fumes. Like if you're someone that wears um, perfume, most of those fragrances are synthetic. Um, anyone that has moisturiser that's fragranced or your deodorant, you think about what kind of things that we put in our skin, what pesticides we eat in our supermarket variety of foods. Um, we all want and they damage cells eventually. So we want to be having the increased gene expression and, you know, cellular protection. We want longevity. We want a lot of the benefits that, um, and long-term fasting is fantastic for that. Okay. All right. So, I mean, this is such a fascinating talk. And what I'm picking up is with fasting, so lifestyle fasting, uh, or long-term or short-term for blokes, go for it. Yes, but are exceptions because you do have blokes that are lean, really lean, and need to work on their stress and blood glucose regulation. So those are the guys, funnily enough, and women that will probably be reaching for um, caffeine anyway, even though they shouldn't. Okay. So yeah, there right, are, there so are people that shouldn't be doing shouldn't it. Shouldn't be doing it. Now, uh, if you are an anxious person, so you find that you are uh, that fight flight, or there's a food fixation, yep. um, or women that perhaps are perimenopausal or menopausal, yep. um, then perhaps the shorter fasting is not suitable? You'd probably, what you'd probably do is you'd want to start by addressing the stress first Great. and watching the caffeine consumption. Um, that would be way more important than starting fasting. Um, yeah, because like think about stress, like a big one is uh, sleep deprivation and then it would include things like shift workers, nurses who shift work, police who shift work. Uh, those guys have a massive circadian stress and the women that I've worked with who are in those areas don't do that well with fasting, um, but they do really well with a cyclical calorie a week. So a couple of days a week we'd do 800 calories then I'd bump them up to 15 then 2000 so then you come back to 800 so that seems to work better than um, than restricting their calories too much because they're already in a uh, like a stressed sleep deprived state okay and so I mean and the other point that I really picked up was you know uh, we're not supposed to be snacking so perhaps work on things like that yeah, as totally. well and when you are looking at short term fasting or partaking on then don't get caught up in the style all fasting totally. is, is that period Absolutely. that you're kind of having an eating rest yes. that works for you and your body correct and okay. also there are some people that snacking is important for so that um, I'd call them the senses of the world they're the lean um, hyper vigilant hyper aware hypersensitive they need constant snacking to maintain blood glucose. So that's why they'd need to sort their stress out before. And you can get them into fasting, but they really have to get their stress under control. And their environment's really important. So the right lighting, mm. um, low 
not too much like visual stimulation. Okay, um, but in terms of long term, so uh, I guess the one that you that really struck out to me was the longevity fasting, where it's five days of calorie restriction, yes. taking out the proteins. Uh, and, and, and the carbohydrates keeping yes. it low. There's benefits to that for our brain, for our cellular turnover totally. that we could all benefit from. Yes. But that's something that you do. Uh, you decide how often you do that based on, like, for example, you would do it twice a year, did you say? Yes, for um, me. Yep. And some people who perhaps have weight loss as a goal or yes. other health concerns, they might do it more frequently. Yes, like PCOS, people who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's amazing. So we have more polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis uh coming up or being diagnosed all the time and polycystic ovarian syndrome in women is lots and lots of cysts on their ovaries and it makes them it's very hard for them to lose weight mm. they have high insulin so the five days of fasting has we've had some great results great, with so that five days long term mm. okay great so if people did want to get in touch with you i've got your instagram handle as at the dot boyd dot clinic mm-hmm. Is that the best way for them to reach out to you? No. <laughs> no, they don't what need do to prefer? reach out. Um, probably if they want to find out more, um, we've got like a, it's uh, longevity fasting mm-hmm. is probably the better one because we're putting information on there. And actually we're doing a, a fasting talk if anyone's interested um, in a couple of weeks time um, in Parnell actually. So we want to cover, I want to cover like how you can use different types of fasts, um, who it's good for, who it's not, which we kind of just touched on today. But also I think it's really important postmenopausal and menopausal women, you you want to make sure that you get everything else right before you start looking at like long-term fasting, unless you don't mind. Oh, one more thing. So if you have hypothyroidism, so women and sluggish. men. Yeah, sluggish thyroid. If you're doing extended fasts, the thyroid will automatically turn everything down because it needs to keep you from, um, it's your regulator of your metabolism. And actually one of the things that you'll find is your digestive system slows down too so constipation all of that stuff um, you need to get that so sort not of great for those type of people no because your body firing system gets turned down because it's already struggling yeah absolutely and yeah. it will put you into a pause mode so yeah, most okay. of the time you some women still lose weight but the rebound effect is about between three to seven days where the thyroid function kind of comes back online so if you don't mind that and you're after all the other benefits, then it can be useful, but we would say you'd need to be on botanicals. Um, if you're on thyroxine, which is T4, mm-hmm. um, you need to make sure that that thyroxine is getting converted to active T3. Active you would, T3. They would definitely know, though, if they're on those medications. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep, for sure. And if for people that maybe aren't in Auckland... Um, and you do want to reach out. We do have an email, fiercefitness at newshub.co.nz, and you can ask questions, send questions into that, or also suggest topics that you'd like to hear about. Um, okay, are you ready for the questions from our listeners? Yes. Okay, so when I put <laughs> I the think t- so. <laughs> I just put out the topic fasting, and I see what comes up and cool. what people want to know. So um, one person has said fasting is Mother Nature's way of resetting our immune system and stem cell regeneration. Correct. Yeah, so great. We've, we've definitely discussed it. Yes. And another thing that came up was, is it true that fasting cleanses your stomach? 
Well, yeah, it it does because when you don't have when you don't have a bolus of food, you have something called MMC. It's basically like um, it's like a movement that the intestines do. It like I'm doing it with my hands, but I don't know how do you explain it. Are you it. talking about the villi, the finger-like things in your no the um, down the esophagus? What it does is after the stomach, your small intestine. Have you ever heard your stomach rumble? Yes. Like, so what that is is part of that is the intestinal tract cleaning itself. So it's literally like if you got a a hose and you squeezed it really hard, you held onto one end and you pushed like you're trying to squeeze all the water out going Mm. along. Did I explain that? Yeah, that's great. Right, that's what your internal organs, sorry, that's what your intestinal tract does when you don't have food in it. Ah. Um, The other thing that happens, and it only happens when you do like four to five days of longevity fasting or water fasting, is there's certain parts in the small intestine where those little finger-like projections, they're called villi, your whole intestinal system has these tiny little dips in them and it's in that tiny little crux is where your um, your body produces stem cells. So stem cells to help regenerate those intestinal villi. When you fast, you give the body an opportunity to regrow those villi. So the stem cells actually start producing after you finish and you refeed in those five days. It's amazing. It is amazing. Anyone with cancer, if you've gone through chemotherapy because it can destroy the gut bacteria, we really encourage people to, um, under supervision, do fasting. For that stem cell regeneration. 100%. It's incredible. Okay. The other thing was all about protocols. Um, so we had, is a 14-10 fasting schedule useful? Yes. 16-8 um, weekdays is easy. Weekends are hard. So I yes. think we've kind of discussed that in <laughs> yeah. the short term. You've got to find a way that works for you. Totally. If it's 12 and 12, so if it's like 12 hours, um, you don't really see any benefits. But you can't, mm, yes and no, it really, yeah, tw- if it's above 12 hours, you're like wasting your time. But usually like 10 hours is, is a good start. So a 10 hour of a eating break. Correct. Okay. Not of eating window. Okay. Um, and the other one was, I just can't do it. My blood sugar levels get too low and I feel dizzy. Yes. Yeah, so that's what we covered with. Um, usually it's going to be someone that's naturally hyper aware or hyper vigilant. Yeah. So and that's where you were saying that person, that sort of person, Maybe the sensor, I think the term yes, was. Yes, totally. Yep, yep. Okay. From so, PH360. So they've developed this really good um, coding for specific body types. So those type of people are more driven by adrenaline and dopamine. So they're usually list takers, um, very detailed orientated. If they come to my clinic, they'll bring me, um, they will twink out their mistakes and the writing is really neat and it's all bullet point pointed. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I know a few. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. They are amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, and then the last one that came through was, uh, um, I feel like fasting is just one less meal, so less calories. Totally. Yeah, yeah spot on. So that's kind of what it is, right? Hundred yep, percent. Absolutely. Doesn't okay. have to be like, um, like some people are into detail, like how many calories, what, how many grams of protein. <sighs> give it's a, big it a go. Question. Yep. Yeah, just give it a go. Find yep. a style that works for you. Totally. Yep. Um, and just realize that there are benefits other than weight loss Correct. around this fasting, whether oh, it's a lifestyle yes. or whether it's something that you do annually. Yep. Um, make sure that reason's right. Damn straight. Damn straight. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Fierce Fitness Podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it's an absolute honor to have you on this. Mm, thanks, Han. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to the Fierce Fitness Podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a review? For more, you can visit newshub.co.nz slash podcast.